Look at Strong Tower. Y'all are looking good on this first day of the new year. Happy New Year. All right. Man, I don't care what nobody say. We starting the year off right to be in the house of God. I'm glad about it. Are you guys glad about it today? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that the truth of your word speak to your people. God, speak through me. God, I pray that you open up the hearts, open up their minds so they could see and know and understand the truth of your word. God, feed us on today. Have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So it's that time of year again. That time where everybody is making New Year's resolutions. And they are coming so fast. Everybody has one. All the gyms are doing their free membership or a penny here or a dollar here to get started. But I was doing just a little bit of looking into something to see how many people are really doing these uh, New Year resolutions. And the statistics say that it's about 45% of people that actually set out to do a New Year's resolution. Uh, I was looking up a sociologist, uh, Isidore Thurner. And in the 50s, he did some research to find out where all of this kind of got started. And he noticed that in the places where there, were, there was a heavy Christian presence, those people or those countries were the ones that were doing New Year's resolutions. And what he found out is that because of the Christian presence, they saw Christians that were living disciplined lifestyles. Disciplined lifestyles that were also trying to live up to the holy standard of Scripture. Just look at God using believers in different places around the world just by the way that they are living their life. But as I continued to search around and see what was out there on this topic, I found out that out of the 45% of people that's actually doing New Year's resolutions, only 8% actually stick with it. Only 8%. It, it seems like something is not adding up, you know. Only 8% is actually sticking with it. And, and that makes me think, like, as we get this New Year started... How would it be if we had a New Year's resolution that was in line with what God is doing? What if our New Year resolution didn't, wasn't a focus on our agenda, but a focus on God's agenda? I believe that our passage in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, I believe that that passage gives us a little bit of insight on what it takes to be successful at God's agenda. Would you guys meet me in Joshua chapter 1? 
When you have it, say amen. Oh, that was quick. If you don't have it, say hold up. Hold up. Soon it'll be up there. Y'all will be able to see it if you don't have it. If you can't dial it up on your app or turn to it. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And it reads as such. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go over to this Jordan, go over to this, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. I, I meant to have y'all stand up during that, but we, we to the end of it now. God, we reverence your word. That, that was my fault. So here we have Joshua starting out, getting ready to lead God's people, and God gives him a word. Joshua, the predecessor of Moses, leading God's people. And the word that God is giving him is be strong and courageous. See, God is giving him that because God has a, a, a plan that he's going to be doing. And Joshua is God's servant. And like Joshua, we too are God's servant. We are servants of the Most High. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to a dying world. I believe Paul said it best. He said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul was speaking to the church in Galatians. He wanted to let them know it is is Christ who lives in me. In other words, I might be here in this physical body, 
but I'm living this life through faith and, have, and Christ is living through me. In other words, it's not my agenda that I'm here for. I'm here for God's agenda. We have to be people as we are uh, servants of God. We want to be people that are allowing the agenda of God to shape our agenda. And as we serve God and as we uh, allow his agenda to shape our own, I don't want you to get the idea that this means you, you would have to be a, a preacher or a pastor or, or somebody working in a church to be a servant of the Lord. That's not it. W- what God wants is his people dispatched in all areas of life because his goal is to have kingdom impact in those areas. It could very well be that God has given you that desire to be a police officer. Maybe God has given you that because, guess what? The criminals need the gospel too. The the police force needs some believers there who can model before them integrity, who can show to the force what it looks like when a believer is following Jesus Christ. What it looks like to share your faith with your colleagues on your job. It's, It's about being a Christian in those places, being a servant of God wherever he has placed you. And that's why God doesn't just want us in the church. He wants people working in in the medical field, working in the field of law enforcement and justice. He wants people in forestry. He wants people in these various fields, drama, the tech field. He wants his people in all of those areas because he wants kingdom impact there. See, and that's, that's what Joshua understood. Joshua understood he wasn't just on an assignment just to lead these people on his, by himself to do his own thing. He was there to serve God. That means wherever he has placed us, whatever profession he has allowed us to be in, we work that profession or serve in that perfection to his glory. That is something that Joshua could clearly understand. So like Joshua, we too are servants of God. I I have two more similarities that I want to pull out. The second one is that Joshua had God-given responsibility. Again, he had the task of leading the Israelites into the promised land. Every believer in here has a God-given responsibility. If you are a Christian, a single Christian that might be ready to mingle, you have the responsibility to spread the gospel and make disciples. That's the Great Commission. That's basic. That is first and foremost, go therefore and make uh, disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
That is basic. That is first and foremost for all believers. So if you are a married woman, you ha- your responsibility is that and more. Not only do you make disciples, not only are you spreading the gospel, but you are to respect your husband. And if you are a Christian husband, then you have the responsibility of that and more. You are to love your wives as Christ loved the church, even to the point of laying down his life. That's not always easy. When, When it comes to respect and love of our spouse, that does not come natural. And, and, and it should be difficult, and it's, and it's um, difficult because love is a fruit of the Spirit, not a fruit of humanity, not a fruit of the flesh. Love comes from the Spirit. So, so that is difficult. That's not easy on our own. And if you are a Christian child, you have the responsibility to obey your parents. And if you are Christian parents, then you have the responsibility to raise those children in the nurture and the admonition of Jesus Christ. You want to raise them and be a godly example, showing them godly character. And if I got any parents in the room, you know That is not easy. Some of these kids will take you there. I'm telling you, they will make you pull your hair out and theirs. But we, as godly parents, as Christian parents, we have the responsibility to model godly character. What I'm trying to get us to see is that like Joshua, we have God given responsibility. And when we face these responsibilities, like training up a child in the way that they should go so that when they are an adult, they they stick to truth, those kind of things, that kind of responsibility is tough. And, And you should feel like, I can't do this. You should feel like this is daunting. Because this is, this is God's word. We, like Joshua, have God-given responsibilities. The final similarity that I want to put before us this morning is the similarity of a plan. When, when we look at this story of Joshua, in this first, in chapter one, this passage shows us that God has a plan that he is working out through Joshua. But the plan that he's working out through Joshua is only going to work with Joshua if Joshua is obedient. The plan that God is working out requires Joshua's obedience. You see, Joshua didn't just pop up one day and say, you know, I want to lead these people and I'm going to get them some land and that way they can have their own thing. 
That wasn't his idea. 400 years before, uh, over 400 years before the Israelites, before Joshua would even hear the word of the Lord to tell him to be strong and courageous, God had made a covenant with Abraham. And he let Abraham know that your descendants will have land. Kings will come from you. That was his covenant made to Abraham. Here he's bringing that to pass. This was initiated long before Joshua even existed. Look at verse 6. It says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers to give him. That's God alluding to his promise, his covenant with Abraham over 400 years ago. What is that? That is a clear fact, a clear sign that God has a plan. He is causing what he promised to come to fruition. His very words, he is causing them to manifest. He is bringing it to pass. And just think about that. Joshua leading these people into the promise. They will be walking into the promise. That just makes me think of that day when we too will be able to walk into the promise, where we will be able to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We will be able to be like our Savior and behold him face to face. One of these days we get to walk into the promise. And here it is, God is saying, Time is not a factor here. It may be over 400 years, but I am the covenant-keeping God. I am the promise-keeping God. And he makes that clear, that his plan is being carried out. I want to tell you that God has a plan for you today. God has a plan for 2023. And that's, what, that's, that's one of the things that we have in common with Joshua is that Joshua is carrying out a plan of God and we too are people carrying out the plan of God. So we have these similarities with Joshua where we are servants, we have God-given responsibilities, and God is working out a plan through us. So where do we go from here? We need to see how Joshua was able to accomplish all that God had given him to do. How was it that he was successful at what he did? Well, one of the things is when we look at verses 6, 7, and 9, we see that God told him to be strong and courageous. God told him three times to be strong and courageous. Let me tell you, God didn't tell him to be strong and courageous because he was just trying to figure out how to add one plus one. 
No, that wasn't it. That is easy. That is a cakewalk in the park. God needs to tell you to be strong and courageous when you have some tough things that lies ahead. You need to be strong and courageous when you are trying to do God's work. You can't do God-sized work in human strength. Joshua needed strength and courage because God had some things that he is doing. And Joshua needed to realize God is the one able to make this happen. When we look at this, we see that God says to him over and over and over. You heard me as I read it. I, I, I. That's getting at the point that I am in control. I am in charge. That I is God. So as we face 2023, we need to understand that wherever God has placed us and what he is going to work out through us is not going to be accomplished if we're trying to do it in our own strength apart from God. See, we need strength and courage. Here is Joshua leading, getting ready to lead God's people, and God is telling him to be strong and courageous. I don't know how much y'all know about leadership, but if you ever tried it, it's not easy. Here is Joshua leading all of these people. And one of the things you have to keep in mind, these are the people that caused Moses to miss the promised land. Yeah, I'm, I'm blaming it on them. I might, be a, I might be a little biased, but I'm blaming them. Here is Moses in the desert trying to lead these people. And all he is hearing is, he done brought us out here. We out here walking. It's hot. We're thirsty. We are literally about to die. Moses, what kind of leader is he? We, sh- we should have just stayed in Egypt. Our cattle is going to die, our children are going to die, and then we're just going to die out here. And what do they say? Moses, if we was going to just die out here, you should have left us in Egypt. Moses, so irritated, he foregoes what God told him to do. God told him, speak to the rock, water will come out of the rock, the people will be nourished. In his frustration, he strikes the rock with his staff twice. He didn't follow God's instruction. God says, okay, Moses, look, you'll get to see the promised land, but you're not going in. Leading people ain't easy. It is not easy. And here is Joshua, and God is telling him to be strong and courageous because those are the people he's leading. Yeah, it's not easy. People can do things that excite you, and they can do things that ignite you. Okay, Joshua could see that this is not easy. And one of the questions we could ask ourselves is, am I being led in any fashion? Is is there a leader over me? And then you ask yourself, am I exciting my leaders or am I igniting my leaders? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I already know. (laughs) 
That's, that's between you and God. That's between you and God. But nonetheless, these are the people that Joshua has to lead. He will be leading them in battle. He will be leading them to the Lord, essentially. And it's not easy. He's going to need strength and courage. And God tells him, do not fear. When we set out to do the work of the Lord, it is going to be fearful. Like we said earlier, it's going to be daunting. You're going to feel like I can't do this, and that's the truth. You can't. But why do we feel that way? Because the work that is being done is God-sized, and we are human-sized. There is no city on the face of the earth that is going to hire a child um, Lego star to design and build their city. Because that child is working off of a small scale, something that that child can hold in their hand, but a city is far too big. It's far too large. A city is not an a, 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 a inch by an inch and a half block that you can hold in your hand. The work that God is doing is God-sized. So it's hard for us to think that we can be successful at the work that he is doing through us if we're doing it in our own strength. See, God is doing supernatural work, and we are just natural. So from our perspective, it, it, it seems impossible. It feels impossible. We feel feeble human beings are crushed under the weight of supernatural work when we're doing it in the natural. See, God's work is spiritual, and our cognition is not. Our cognition is physical. The Bible says that it is hard for the, the physical to understand the spiritual. And that's just a fact. It is. The work that God is doing is not constrained to our experience here on earth. But our feelings, our emotions, our actions, they are confined to the laws of gravity, the laws of physics. But the work that God is doing is transcendent. It goes beyond us. He is doing work that we cannot see. He has a power unmatched that we cannot understand. I wish that I could explain to you how they measure the power of a bomb. If you could just imagine the, the force and the power of bombs that they drop in different places, like what Russia and Ukraine has going on right now, if you could think about the force of those bombs and the, the military power that exists in this world, that pales in comparison to the power of the true and living God. 
and he is doing work. And when we are looking at it through the lens of our uh, feeble human experience here, we're not going to be able to understand it. He's doing work that is spiritual and divine. Operating with unmatched power that we don't really know. That is why we need strength and courage. That is why Joshua needed strength and courage to do this work. This wasn't just some army general going out to, to do what has been given to him. This is big work, major work in your marriage. That is major work, spiritual work that God is doing in your home with your kids. Major work, God-sized work. And if you haven't gotten to your wits end yet and figured out that you need something else, you'll find out this work is beyond us. And we're going to need that strength and courage to be able to do it. So how do we get that? Strength and courage, God gives us through the Holy Spirit. The outcome of strength and courage is trust and obedience. Here is Joshua going up against army. They're walking around the Jericho wall. One of the first uh, first countries or regions that they had to defeat. Who does that? Who walks around the wall to, to overcome their enemy? Not logical. God is doing something there that doesn't make logical sense to us. God is doing something there um, supernaturally that our natural eyes don't understand. It took him to have strength and courage so that he could trust and obey what God is calling him to do. That's similar to the, to the Christmas story with Joseph. Jo Joseph is not crazy. Joseph know, he knows where or knew where babies come from. So when Mary comes along and says, you know, I'm pregnant, he's like, oh, that's on you. I'm out. I'm gone. And his plan was to leave her quietly. He didn't want no ill will to come to her. He just wanted her to do her own thing because obviously she was, something was going on. He was done. But he got the word of the Lord. And as we all know, Joseph took Jesus as his own. Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus. How did he change his mind? How did he have the strength and courage to face all that they were going to face given the situation? Given everything that the family finds out, given all of those who's like, not true, all the naysayers, how does he face all of that with strength and courage? He does it because he got the word of the Lord. That, that's what we find out in the Christmas story is that God spoke to him in a vision. 
See, what that shows us is that Joseph didn't have what it took to carry out the plan that God was working out through him without God's word, without strength and courage. He can't trust God and obey God aside from God. God had to intervene first to let him know this is what's happening. Had God not done that, Joseph would have been off the scene. And that's the beauty of the gospel, that we serve a God who is ready and able to do what we cannot do. I remember in, in the gospels where Jesus is going to pray. And he's asking his disciples to pray with him. And as he's going to pray, and he's asking them to watch and pray as he goes to pray. But when he goes and checks on them, they're asleep. They're, they're knocked out. And this happens several times. And finally, he comes back and he says, all right, let's go. The time has come. He was praying, asking his father to change the plan. Is there another way? Can you do this differently? Is there any way that this cup can pass from me? And as he speaks with the Father, he gets the answer that he needs, and he has the strength and courage to face his captors, to face those that arrest him, to face being ridiculed before the, the, the leaders of the day. He faces those tough circumstances because he had the strength and courage. Now, his people around him didn't have it. He went to the cross. He bled and died on the cross, securing for them the strength and courage that they did not have. He bled and died on the cross, church, for us so that we would have the strength and courage. He is our strength and courage nailed to that cross. That is God, the God-man Jesus Christ on the cross. Beaten, bleeding profusely, losing blood, struggling to breathe. Think of that. God struggling to breathe. God bleeding to death. He's doing that. Doing what we could not do. Lived the righteous life that we could not live. Died the death that we could not die. And you guys know that's not the end of the story. He got up from the grave with all power and authority. Changing our eternal fate. And he secured for us strength and courage. And later, when he goes back to his disciples, he tells them to wait. Wait, I am going to send the Holy Spirit. 
and he sends the, the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, they have strength and power that they did not have before, strength and courage that they did not have before. So as we embark on this new year, in our home, in our neighborhood, in our church, can we take our responsibility? Can we serve God in those places? Can we let God work his plan out through us? The answer is yes, we can, but we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given us the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do this work, to trust him and obey. And that is my prayer for us as we start this new year, that we rely on the Holy Spirit to carry out God's plan in us, where he has placed us, for his glory. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has gone forth. You have a plan. Will you give us the strength and courage to be obedient, to trust you? We cannot do it on our own. Human strength does not accomplish your will. So, Father, will you please empower us through the Holy Spirit? Give us a passion to be in your word. Have your way with us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.